My name is Bobby. I'm a paramedic with 27 years of experience in EMS and fire. And my name is Jason, and I'm a retired paramedic with 20 years experience in EMS and fire. And together we're... Paramedics? Unscripted. On this show, everything is on the table. We'll talk about burnout in the business, calling 911 for non-emergency reasons, Holly Pharmacy, frequent flyers, the current housing market, the financial system, BS doctor office visits, or anything else we want to, all from a paramedic's point of view. And why? Because we're paramedics. Unscripted. Welcome back into Paramax Unscripted. I'm your co-host, Jason. I'm here with my co-host, Bobby, for season two, episode number 15. That's one to the five. Bobby, how you doing, brother? It's Friday, bitches. It's Friday after the backyard brawl. We're very sad here at Paramax Unscripted. That was a good game, though. Did you watch that game last night? I did. Um, some, uh, in my opinion, some bad coaching decision there on the uh, fourth and a foot not to go for it. Cost us the game, but... Um, our team you know, played you know, really well. You know Pitt rocks. Come on, man. Yeah, the Pitt's, Pitt's good. They're number 17 <laughs> in the country before the game started. But uh, um, I think our coach doesn't have any balls. But that's besides the point. We don't want to get into that. This isn't a sports podcast, Bobby. Um, let's start off with some housekeeping real quick. Um, we did want to talk about um, a couple things. Like, obviously, you guys, we do this show for you all the time. And we appreciate all the love and support. So, if you haven't already, take a moment. Hit that subscribe button on your favorite platform, preferably uh, Apple Podcasts. But um, any one of them is great. And then uh, tell your friends, man. Tell your friends. Tell your co-workers. We're always looking for new listeners to uh, enjoy the paramedics and scripted experience. What do you think, Bobby? Absolutely. We also want to give a shout-out. Uh, we got an email this week from uh, Darren Adkins. Shout-out to Darren Adkins. Thanks for the support. And uh, thank you for What's the up, D? support. What up, D? Uh, but thank you. Uh, thanks again, man, for taking the time to send us an email. That's awesome, dude. We appreciate it. And uh, uh, he just said he enjoys it and uh, keep up the good work. So we appreciate that. Um, yeah, but let's you, get brother. into it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Bobby, I'll let you take it away. I know you wanted to start off with uh, the EMS topic this week. So uh, let's get into it, brother. Yeah, the EMS talk about it. It's something I've been seeing quite a bit out in the streets a lot late. Oh, I mean, I've been seeing it a lot over the past several years, but even it's like it's almost been on like uh, like warp speed lately. And that is the uh, beautiful topic of uh, edibles. And specifically, delicious. edible edibles with high school kids. Oh, that's that's not as delicious. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things uh, that we've been seeing quite a bit in the high schools is, uh, you know, these kids consuming too many edibles. And one thing I think that needs to be addressed is smoking marijuana and ingesting marijuana can be actually looked at as kind of two different things. Um, you know, smoking it, you know, if you eat or actually it's going to be different in the way from smoking it to eating it. If you, if you consume it, if you ingest it, it's going to be metabolized differently because your, your liver is going to metabolize it differently and you're going to get a slightly different effect. And depending on the potency of the edibles, you know, and that's the one thing that we have seen with a lot of high school kids, they think that you know, every edible has the same potency when that's just not the case. Yeah, no. You know, whether whether you, whether they're getting it from a dispensary or they're stealing it from one of their family members and it's getting it from a dispensary or they're getting it from some other kid at school. And that's that's the other thing I want to address. One of the main problems we're seeing is a lot of kids that don't have experience with edibles, but they're getting it from another kid at school and they're, they're consuming too much and they are just out of their freaking minds sometimes. But the thing I need, I want to address, especially to parents that are listening out there that are either in this line of work or not. I mean, they're in this line of work. They already know, but there's a lot of kids that I've been seeing that have been getting edibles from other kids within the high school, junior highs or high schools. And they think they're being cool. They're consuming these edibles and uh, they don't know what they're taking. And some of these edibles that they're getting from these kids, these kids are getting them from the street somewhere, which means it's not as clean as what you're going to get from a dispensary, which it could be split with something that you don't want or something that you don't know, you know, especially with all the, like we've talked about before with all the fentanyl. Yeah. The heroin around. and all that. Yeah. That's well, especially the fentanyl since fentanyl is so potent that it only takes a, a smidgen to kill somebody, you know, you just don't know. And we've had, a, I've had a huge problem. I mean, I'm talking multiple times a day in a shift with this very issue. 
I mean, we had so many kids at just one single high school, not different, but one single high school, the same high school we kept going back. It was almost like would be considered a mass casualty situation because we had so many kids at one time. And, you know, it's, and me personally, I don't have a problem with, with marijuana or, you know, whether it's, you know, smoking it or, or, uh, uh, or, you know, ingesting it. I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I personally can't do it because of what I do for a living, but I don't have a problem. That's one thing I don't really have a problem with because, you know, because of the medicinal qualities, you know, some people need it and it works for them. So I don't have a problem with that. But sure. when kids take it to the extreme or they get into it and they don't really know what they're consuming, that's where the problem just really starts to arise. And I just think that that needs to be addressed. And if, like I said, if there are any parents listening out there, you know, this is something that it, I'm seeing constantly. And I don't know if a lot of parents are aware of it or how bad it is, but it's getting to be pretty extreme. Every shift. Now, getting you- at least every shift I'm getting sometimes at least on the average, at least two to three kids with an edible, you know, like, they've consumed too much or they don't really know what they've consumed. Now is your state one of the ones where it's legal? Where I practice. Yes, it's legal. Okay. Now, why do you think the, cause you're, I mean, this was not really uh, a big thing when I was a medic, as far as edibles. Uh, why do you think that's more predominant now than let's say fentanyl or smoking pot or whatever or heroin now? Why do you think the edibles are more, you know, bigger now? Oh, because it's easier to get. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's not easier to get. It's just, I think it's easier for some of these kids to get their hands on it because they can either get it from a family member, they can steal it from a family member, family member has a hookup from a dispensary, or, but the biggest problem I see is that if they're getting it from, like, say a high school kid gets it from some person on the street somewhere, you don't know what that edible's laced in. And like I said, with all of the, fentanyl that is mixed in everything like put it this way like we talked about before college kids when college kids are having to test their recreational drugs yeah there's a problem you know and and like i said i'm not i'm not trying to you know i don't agree with any street drugs i don't you know everybody you know if that's what you want to do that's your prerogative I mean, I personally don't do it. I wouldn't do it, you know, but when you see college kids that are testing their recreational cocaine now to make sure there's no fentanyl in it, and they've learned how to do that. That shows you right there that there's a fucking problem. Well, it's also good on yeah. them in that sense. I mean, at least they're, at least they're somewhat aware of, of the uh, possible huge negative side effects, you know? Sure. No, it's, it's not good. I, they're I, doing I, a drug. I totally but, agree. You know. But, but when, 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 partying college kids are literally taking the time and learning how to test to make sure that their recreational dope is clean. That's pretty freaking crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that should be a wake up call to the government maybe to, you know, really start. I mean, cause I think the whole war on drugs thing. Don't give, don't get me started on that because that is, that's the problem. You just hit it right on that. The problem right now is in all of the fentanyl in this country is coming in through the southern border. That's that's been proven, and this administration's not doing a freaking thing about it. They're 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 taking the ostrich approach. They're putting their head in the sand. And they're pretending like nothing's going on, and that's a fact. And that I don't care what side of the political spectrum you sit on, this should anger you because. But, but wasn't there a state like wasn't it? Uh, I want to say Washington State or Oregon. Um, one of those states where they were saying they weren't going to prosecute for any legal drugs anymore, like nothing anymore. There's one of those states that did that on the West coast of the United States there. If I had, I, I, I don't know, but if I had to guess, it would probably be one of the uh, Pacific Northwest. States that's what I'm saying. Or, it was, it was or, definitely or Washington, states, Oregon, yeah. Oregon from what I remember. And they, because, and that, that's what I'm saying. Like we now, a lot of States now do weeds legal and stuff like that. So it's being managed and it's being watched over and it's make, they're making it pure and they're not allowing this. Stuff. It's a state. And, my opinion it's safer now at least um so i don't understand why you know if it's that much of a crisis and the people government really cared about that kind of stuff i don't know why we don't at some point just start offering you know a clean way to do it because the lace stuff is killing too many people 
Well, that's the big mystery, man. Yeah. And that's what people need to question because we've been talking about, I mean, look at, you can watch, you know, I'm, you know me, I'm not a big fan of the mainstream media, but you can watch any of these news programs and they show you how much fentanyl is being brought across the southern border, whether it's through Texas, whether it's through Arizona, wherever. And, uh, I mean, we're talking, and we've, we've said this before, except now it's a little bit more. There's enough fentanyl in this country to kill every single American in this country 20 times over. 20 times over now. Well, that's what, yeah. And and, and, and it keeps coming in. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I've never believed the, the war on drugs is bullshit. We're losing, we've lost the war on drugs. Like, it's over with. Like, <laughs> you know. Well, that, that, well, that's why, that's why, like, for instance, uh, Joe Biden made the statement the other day that, uh, that uh, no, anybody thinking of coming into this country has to be like, say, you know, vacationers from Europe or, or wherever. They have to be vaccinated before they can come into this country. It's like, you're going to say that bullshit now when you've been letting droves of people literally just walk across the border unbetted and no one's and they're being bussed and planed off to different places in the United States and they haven't been tested. Yeah. And, you, and he so says that. Yeah. He says, what sense does that make? Well, that's what I'm saying. He says that side on one side of his mouth and the other side of the mouth. He's like, yeah, you don't need a license to vote. Like, let, let's regulate stuff over here, but over here, let's not even worry about it. Just let any, you know, person with a pulse come vote. Like, we don't need to check who they are. Stupid. See, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like, that's what I'm saying. A lot of the, the, the liberal bullshit, and I'm not trying to get political here, but a lot of their stuff is, it's t- speak out of the ass on one side. You know, it doesn't. Well, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, and I know we have in the past, but I'm not speaking political right now. I'm speaking as, you know, just as a, you know, just as a humanitarian, you know, just common sense is common sense. Well, that's what I'm saying and, with the and drugs. none of like, this makes sense right now. Like get, get, get the cocaine over here tax it just like they all the money these states make now from doing the weed and stuff like that tax it make it pure make it uh you know made in a pharmaceutical setting like that kind of thing where it's all regulated and it's clean and it's you know you know all that stuff that goes into it and and do it that way as opposed to keep doing this other bullshit and letting things all the stuff going and letting the you know all this other crap keep going and this war on drugs and we keep wasting money on all the stuff that they're never doing they can't do anything about it it's not their fault there's just it's just too big you know what i mean it got out of control too, too, a long time ago. It's been out of control for a long time. See, I time. call bullshit on that, Jay. I, I think there's plenty of things that can be done about it. There can be certain things that can be done about it. They can, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, people want to sit here and bitch about, oh, my gosh, we can't close up the border. We can't prevent people from wanting to come in here, especially if it, they're, they're trying to escape their own countries and they're coming here for refuge. I, I get that, okay? I'm not, I'm not, but... Every other country in the world has a process for people to come into their... Do you think you're going to be able to go into Mexico and just say, I want to live here, I'm going to live here now? No, you have to go through the process. Yet, and I'm just going to put it out there, a lot of the freaking idiots in this country think that Everybody should. This is how this country began. Is that we are a country of immigrants? Yes, but in today's times, you have to have a vetting process, and people have to do it the right way. Like, look how many look how many people say from Mexico or Honduras or from El Salvador have been trying to, you know, or even Canada trying to, you know, get their citizenship here, and then these people just just walk across the border and then make it harder for them. Right. I mean, there are people that are doing it the right way. And then all these other people that are just coming into this country, just it's what the number the other day was since the Biden administration started, there's it's, there's been over 2 million immigrants that have walked across the border. 2 million. Think yeah. about that. Yeah, that's a lot. And a lot of those are, un, and I'm not saying a lot of those people are probably people that are just trying to, you know, make a better life for themselves. And I get it. I, I think that's awesome. But at the same time, you can't ignore the fact that some of these people are scumbags, military-aged fighting men that you we know nothing about. Not yeah, to say that they're all bad, but there has to be a vetting process. There, it has to. I have no problem with people coming into this country, but it has to. There has to be structure. It has to be done the right way. Period. And if anybody has a problem with what I just said, please get in touch with me. Get in touch with us. I would love to talk. I would love to talk it out. Come on here. Talk about it with us. I would love to hear your point of view. 
Yeah, see, see, how, see all the drug problems that, that gets Bobby all riled up. <laughs> no, because it, it it is all interlinked. It, it doesn't have to be that difficult, you know. And that's just my opinion. Yeah, that's it's, and I'm sure other people share the same opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's 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 all intertwined with like the edibles and stuff like that because the reason these people keep a lot of like the the drug problem is you know a lot of people are coming over with the drugs because we don't we ban it. You know, it's the same thing like when you're a kid and you're, you're told you can't have alcohol until you're 21. Well, of course you're going to get it before you're 21 because that's what people do. You know what I mean? So you tell people they can't have this stuff. Well, it just makes the demand higher. And if those people can bring it across the border and do all that other stuff and get it into our system and move it around and do all their trafficking that they do, they're going to continue to do it if we're not going to stop it, you know? So I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like I was, I was just kind of shocked that, yeah, like when, cause I was a medic, we didn't deal. I don't remember ever running an edible call. Uh, well, that's, so, uh, so that's interesting that like the, no, when you left, changed when you left, yeah, when you left Jay, it was like, uh, I think the, the, the designer drug of choice was like spice yeah, you know, stuff that you could get like at the truck stop or, you know, at the local gas station. Yeah. And, uh, you could just, uh, pick it up anywhere, but, and it was like, it was either labeled as bath salts or some sort of spice and which, you know, they were legally able to sell it, but these kids or adults would do it and it was actually a hallucinogen and well that yeah because i do go freaking nuts well i do remember running Some those calls like i didn't run very many of them i'll say like a handful or whatever but i do remember running a few of those calls where with like you said where the spice was the, the cool thing at the time or whatever and these kids were like out of their minds and you know of course we get there sheriff's office there we're dealing with the whole you know parents found their kid they're in their house they're they're not and you know, I mean, medically they could be in some danger, but that's about it. You know what I mean? Otherwise they're just being rambunctious and, and the, and the, you know, the parents are like yelling at the cops to like, cause they're mad and they want the, you know, the sheriff's office to, uh, uh, you know, right. arrest their kid to teach him a lesson, to let him know that this isn't acceptable. And they're like, uh, no law. <laughs> there's like, you can, there's, it's not illegal. You know, it, I don't know if they changed it since then or whatever, but like at that point it wasn't illegal. And just like, yeah, well, that, that's the thing, you know, uh, like, they, we can't enforce, there's nothing to enforce here. We're law enforcement. There is no law. Hence it's, we can't enforce, you know? Well, that's the thing. Cause as soon as uh, like when it came to spice or bath salts, whatever you want to call these certain synthetic hallucinogenics, as soon as they would find a way to test for them, like say you were, I don't know, say you were in the military and you were trying to find, you know, some sort of designer drug that you could use it, that uh, you could party with that no one could test for. Like, you wouldn't, like, go for a piss test and it'd be detected. That's where you were seeing a, a lot of this stuff. And um, as soon as they figured out a way to test for it, these companies would change the molecule. Or they would change the molecular structure and then it you completely change the game. So what you thought you could test for before, then it changed. Well, so it was a, it was a constant shell game. Well, that's what I've heard with edibles too. Is uh, edibles? Uh, I've heard that there are some like tongue scraping tests tests that they can do, um, but that the the accuracy of those tests is only about ninety percent uh, to, to you know just this is to test for like edibles and stuff like that because obviously there wouldn't be a, you know you wouldn't be able to well, smell the edibles. It or... I'm the edibles I'm talking about are cannabis edibles. So you you could you could just you know test the THC level in in, in a piss test. Oh, okay. All right. So you do that. Well, I'm talking about, I'm talking about in the field though, as far as like, like a field sobriety test for, you know, cops right. can do that for, for alcohol tests. They can do that in the field and then make the determination of whether they need to arrest. Well, there were some talks about doing a field sobriety test, but for edibles, which would be like a tongue scraping type kit or whatever. But that so far they're only 90%, you know, from what I've heard, they're about 90% accurate. So they can't, they can't enforce that yet because I mean, that would just bombard the court system because every time you get busted for that, you just go to court. And be like, That's yeah, pretty cool. I, I, haven't, I haven't heard of that before. Yeah, I heard, I, cool. I heard they were talking about another podcast I was listening to, and they were saying that, like, that's one of the things that's, like, hindered, you know, because everything that that was the whole thing with, like, weed before, before all this stuff, before when weed was illegal everywhere, you know, that was the big thing. It's like, everybody's like, why don't you just make it legal? It's just a plant, you know, and you're, you hear the arguments on both sides, but it really came down to they can't test for it in the field. I mean, yes, we, you can all do blood work and all that other stuff down the road. Maybe you can do that, but you can't really, you know what I mean? That's what they want. They want something they can like, you know, do this test in the field and then bust people for it, you know, but they don't, if they can't do that, then the officers can't, it, it, you know, you start clogging up the court system. And then if you have a test, that's 90% effective. Well, every person that comes to court is gonna be like, yeah, yeah, your honor. I don't disagree. This edibles are bad, but unfortunately I'm one out of 10. 
You know, well, me personally, like I said before, I don't have a problem with cannabis, whether it's in edible form, whether it's you're smoking it or whatever, you're, you know, whatever. I don't either. I, there, there's people in jail for like their lives for weed. I, I think. How fucking well, stupid is that? I think it's, it's just freaking ridiculous because if you were to, if I was, if you were to put cannabis against alcohol, alcohol is far worse. I agree. Hands down. Yeah. And, um. Uh, I mean, if you go back into, uh, I mean, what was the first thing they did after they repealed prohibition, you know, back, um, back in the day, they, the, the next boogeyman that came in line was that's when you saw that reefer madness stuff, you know, where they just started demonizing marijuana. Right. And that if, if, uh, you know, that your, your wife was going to get raped if, if she was around anybody that was with, you know, smoking marijuana, all this bullshit. They might take her Doritos. Right. But like, you know, back in like, uh, you know, prior to that, like say back in the early 1900s and, and before that, I mean, a lot of before allopathic medicine became what we know it today, you know, every doctor in their doctor bag carried, you know, medicinal cannabis oil. And, you know, it, it, it's been proven that there are, you know, so many benefits from cannabis and hemp i mean you know hemp itself is the most versatile planet or plant on the planet i mean people don't realize this but this country was founded on hemp and cannabis farming that's one thing that's not taught in history i mean george washington grew cannabis yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah so did thomas jefferson you know so and and what do you think the you know declaration of independence and the Constitution are written on hemp paper. Why do you think it lasted this long? Is because that's good quality. Well, that's I heard. I, I heard. I've heard that story that um, they were trying to make all that stuff like hemp paper. You know, I mean, they did make it, but they were trying to make it like the mainstream thing or whatever. And then the other people who were doing the businesses that are not the hemp paper, you know what I mean, doing like regular stuff. They that's where they came up with that whole thing of like, you know, weed's bad basically to. You know what I mean? So there's like, because you, you kind of hear that same stuff with like, you know, why do they push like breakfast cereals on people for breakfast and stuff like that? And you hear that like, oh, it's because, you know, Kellogg's and all those companies like that, they want to make it, you know, even though they know it's not good for you, they just, they just say that, oh, eggs are bad and then get people to like eat that more cereal and stuff. It's the same kind of thing, you know, it's businesses. Well, it's, to it, yeah, fight it's, it's the your, same thing. Right, 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 their marketing. It's the same thing with, uh, we'll use uh, the fat and sugar. You know, we use the sugar industry as an example. Sure. Um, back in the day when we had like, you know, that was like basically the, all the sugar cartels. It was it was proven, I think it was back in the 50s, that uh, just for the sugar companies, the new boogeyman instead of sugar, you know, just so sugar wouldn't take the bad rap, was fat. And that's where fat became the leading cause of heart disease and, all your cardiovascular problems and, and and all these other ailments, you know, and, and and it was embedded in your brain since then, you know, like our generation and you grew up, you know, thinking that fat, you know, if you ate consume too much fat or certain different types of fat, you know, you were going to wind up with cardiovascular disease or wind up having a heart attack, stroke, whatever. But come to find out that the biggest problem is sugar. You know, or or the the combination because there's plenty of fats out there that are great for you. You know, like I've said, I'm not saying that all fat is good by any means. I mean, like uh, like uh, a lot of saturated fats out there that aren't good for you, that, like especially like trans fats. I mean, but people need to remember, like say back in the 80s and the early 90s when they were trying to plug um, margarine instead of butter, saying that it was so much better for you. What do you think the worst trans fat is that was sold? Margarine. Yeah. Yet that was being plugged that it was the healthy, you know, it's more healthy than butter. It, it was a butter substitute. That's what we had when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Like, like and, and, and like, I think it was like, um, I don't know the name brands, but I'm not going to name one here, but it was, uh, but it was being, pl- especially through the eighties when we were growing up. Margarine was like, you know, the, the butter substitute, it was better for you. You know, it wasn't going to, you know, you weren't going to get the, artery clogging effects like butter and uh come to find out you know when they were you know within the past 20 years when they were talking about how trans fats are the worst for you that's probably one of the number one trans fats is margarine it's kind of like now when it comes to oils 
okay, uh, one of the healthiest oils you can consume besides olive oil is coconut oil. Yet back in the 90s, when a lot of the movie theaters around the country were using coconut oil to cook their popcorn in, they were told to, you know, a lot of the movie theaters stopped because at that time, coconut oil was seen as the most unhealthy for your heart and for your arteries. So all the movie theaters stopped and then they switched to like peanut oil or something like that. I don't know what else. But, and then of course, fast forward to now, it's been proven that coconut oil is one of the most healthiest oils and fats you can consume. It's a superfood. Yeah, that's why all the big what does that what does that tell you? Waters and stuff. Yeah, what does that tell you? Do your own research and don't believe everything you hear. Well, yeah, it's a, like the same thing, like you said with sugar too, because they they everybody you know caught on to the fact that sugar was bad. So then they're like, oh, we're gonna we oh we we make all this diet crap now, you know, the da 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 because now it doesn't have the sugar, and then you read the label and it doesn't have sugar in it, but it has all these different sugars just called different things. You know, it's the same stuff. They just re, re, oh, yeah, re, like, re change the name or whatever. Well, there's so much stuff in this country that, that we consume that is illegal in other countries of the world. And uh, one of the biggest ones is, which is one of the biggest artificial sweeteners out there, aspartame, or also known as NutraSweet. We're one of the only countries in the world where it's still legal to put it in food. So if you're drinking you know, things like Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi, stuff that, you know, any type of diet soda that has, uh, you know, aspartame in it, you know, that's, it's been linked to so many health problems. And, and we're one of the, one of the only countries in the world that's, it's still legally, it's still legal to put it in food. Yeah, that's why you got to do Zevia. Shout out do to Zevia. <laughs> Zevia, yeah, if you want a, a good soda, like substitute that's, that's, uh, sweetened with stevia you know the most natural non-calorie it is natural comes from a plant most you know it's calorie free zevia is a soda that they have root beer they have you know cola flavor cherry grapes the best best. yeah grape and then the the ginger root beer are the best oh yeah, yeah yeah but they've got every flavor that you could think of and it's good the only thing that trips you out is if you pour it out of the can into a glass it's clear so if you're like you're drinking something that tastes like a cola and it's clear that might trip some people out because it's not dark. <laughs> yeah. It, well, and it's like, and the other thing that sucks with Zevia, uh, that, that I don't quite understand is like their cans. It's like a dollar a can, you know, or something close to that, depending on where you buy it. Yeah, It's kind of pricey. Yeah. It's, it's it, that I don't understand why they don't, if I was running Zevia, I would try to make my stuff more mainstream prices. I understand maybe Stevia is more expensive or whatever to get, but if you buy it in big enough quantities, I would figure you could get rid of that problem and I would sell it to to match like the, you know, cause that's a big thing. Like we like Zevia in our household and we have some every once in a while, but a lot of times you have to go back to the main. Well, I drink that stuff. all the time. Yeah. But we do go, we do eat, drink the main stru- street, the mainstream stuff too, because I'm not, it gets old, it, you know, $24 for a 12, 24 pack of soda is a lot of money. You know, when you start doing down in that every week or whatever, it starts adding up, you know? Right. And like a lot of, uh, a lot of the diet sodas that, uh, use, aspartame or they use Splenda or uh, I guess the uh, chemical name for Splenda is sucralose. Um, yeah. And no one really knows what the effects or possible effects of sucralose are going to be. I mean, probably 10 years down there, I was going to find out, Oh my gosh, the, all these health problems will probably come out with that. We didn't realize, but aspartame has been linked to a lot of neuro problems and uh, like, such as like early Alzheimer's and, you know, a lot of neurological problems such as that. And, I'm going to pop some aspartame right now. It, well, on that note, <laughs> we're going to dedicate this to episode. Diet Dr. Pepper right here. Diet Dr. Okay. On that note, okay, well, I'm going to give a shout out to, since, what is it, September? Yeah, it's, 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 early, it's September now. Yeah, it's so September it's, 2nd. It's technically, it's technically fall. Yeah. It's horror movie season. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to give a shout out. And everybody can do this. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, one of my uh, favorite, and I'm going to say domestic beers because it was probably in America, in my opinion, it was probably one of the first, if you want to technically call it craft or micro brews. Now, now hold Sam on, hold, Adams. Hold on one sec. Hold on one sec. 
Are we talking about a real beer or one of your little pussy? Yeah, beers? no, no, we're not. We're not talking. Not not like the other day. This is. I'm not. I'm, this isn't a non-alcoholic beer. You're, this is not the no. one you do wearing pink no. shorts. This isn't that one. No, no. Okay. No, this is. It's Friday today, so okay. this is a t- totally different All scenario. Right. Right. <laughs> so you're not wearing a speedo today. Okay, good. All right, gotcha. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I like the non-alcoholic. Is this better? Is this nice? It's kind of refreshing. <laughs> no. Give a shout out to. Uh, you can go down to Costco, Sam's Club, BJ's, wherever local don't, grocery don't store. Don't go to Sam's Club. Sam's Club's owned by Walmart. Fuck them. Well, you can you can buy a Sam Adams uh, fall pack, where you know it's all their you know you got the, the pumpkin ale, you've got the Oktoberfest, you've got you know their regular Boston Lager, you've got their regular Smooth Lager, and uh, yeah, right now I'm drinking a uh, Sammy Oktoberfest because it's Friday. That's why I, I like. I, see, I don't like the uh, the multi packs as much. I like it. Go to go to Costco and get the uh, the just the Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Well, no, so my, my my wife was was nice enough. I came over from work the other day and I had this massive case. I'm like, right on. <laughs> no, they're good. I just I'm not like 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 regular Sam Adams. I'm not. Eh, it's okay. It's like pumpkin. The pumpkin one's pretty good, but the Oktoberfest. Well, no. What I mean, what I mean, the reason why I have respect for Sam Adams is because, I mean, let's be honest. For years in this country, if you're going to compare it to Europe, um. This country didn't know how to make beer. I'm just going to be honest. Our beer tasted like piss compared to, like, say, Germany or the Czech Republic, you know, or other places in Europe that, that it's an art form to brew beer. I mean, you could you could definitely tell the difference. And yeah. Sam Adams was the first, you know, brewery in this to come along in this country that started that recognized like the beer in this country tastes like shit. Let's make something that actually has some flavor. And they did. And they delivered and and they just went full force. And then as you saw, as we've talked about before, Jay, like uh in the nineties where we started having a lot of the quote unquote microbrew breweries pop up in this country, like I think the first one I noticed was Pete's. Like Pete's Wicked Ale. Yeah. Pete's Wicked Winter Brew and that and then it just kind of just snowballed from there and then everybody started doing it to where now it's considered, you know, not micro brews but craft beer to where you can go to every street corner and they're all making great beer and it's and it's it's they're they're it's an art form and they they have their own flavors and they're phenomenal. Yeah, there we, are some out there that I don't like but they I mean most of them are are pretty damn good. Yeah, we have one here here in Huntsville at Straight Dale. They're awesome. A great micro brew. They're really good. I mean, when you can drink that, why would you want a Rolling Rock? I mean, come oh, on. I, I had I used to drink Rolling Rock when I was in college, and then I remember uh, that was like our go-to beer because you know it's cheap. Or that's whatever. the that's the only beer I I literally cannot tolerate. Well, I I used to love it, and then we bought you know we went out on a, a Friday and got all our beer for the weekend and stuff like that, all our liquor and all that stuff, and we got a a twelve pack. One of the twelve packs we got was skunked, and. You know, of course, you don't know that when you buy it. Wait, it was even it was even more skunked than it actually. Oh yeah, no, no, it was like regularly. it was like it was like yeah, it was bad. And we all started oh. get, like we we're all drinking it, of course, because it you know at first you're just drinking it and you're drunk anyway. And then right. we all started getting sick, and we're like, what the hell? And after that, I was like, ah. Oh. And then like after you start sobering up, you know, the next day or whatever, you try another one because now your palate's clean, you're not trashed because you know after you're like four beers in, you don't really taste much anyway. And then, right. now we're doing it later, and we're like, oh, what the fuck is this? You know, and then and, and like, so then that was it. And after that, I couldn't drink Rolling Rock anymore. Like I was like, nope, not doing that. You know, and, and then I, I yeah. liked it before then. I didn't mind it, but I was like, no. Well, there's only, there's only, there's only been, and I can tolerate a lot of beer, like most domestic beers, like even though a lot of them t- taste like piss, I can still drink them. I mean, they're still. Yeah, I like Miller Lite. There's, there's a couple like of like Miller, like Miller Lite. Like if I'm going to drink a lot of beer, Miller Lite is, you know. That or Corona Premier. Yeah, that's good. But, uh, yeah. But, um, there's only two beers that are hard for me to tolerate, especially one of the two, one of them being Rolling Rock. The other one, for some reason, I just, I do not like Heineken. Uh, I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but I, but thing is, if I, if I get three in, then I can tolerate it a little bit more. Yeah, well, you can tolerate anything when you get three. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like Heineken, yeah. Heineken's like very obviously very popular stuff like that. I, I don't get I don't get all the hype. That's my thing with it. Is like it's it's good. I can see why people like it, but for some reason, my palate just doesn't like it. Yeah, because it used to be one of those beers. Like when it first came out, it was like 
the, the, the expensive beer, you know, like it was more expensive than like the local Budweiser or Miller or Coors or whatever. Of course. Right, and everybody knows the logo. They know Heineken from like miles away. You know? Yeah. 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 And then, every, you know, so of course, you know, you like, oh, I'll get some Heineken and you try like, yeah, this isn't not, not that good. Yeah. It's okay. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like, I it's, like it's, my, my beer, the go-to beer would be like normal everyday go-to beer, not seasonal crap. None of that stuff would be Yingling and Yingling Light. I like both those beers. Oh, and these, you know, and one thing that I, I don't think there's a good amount of people in this country that don't realize that uh, they want to write Yingling off as being like a cheap beer when it's not. Yingling is the oldest brewery in the United States, hands down. Yeah, it's, it's the, the best. It, it tastes. It just. It's just a nice. Is it the best beer like ever? Like, like is it as good as like a Sam Adams Oktoberfest that you're gonna have once in a while? Maybe not, but it's it's. I, to me, it's just like it, hit, it hits all the right notes for me. Like I just like that beer. Like if, if oh yeah, that's what I mean. I have either in my house, we're either gonna have like you normally like everyday beer. It's Michelob Ultra, which I really like, or uh, or the Yang Water. Yeah, but I mean, I like, but but they're you know they're same thing. Miller Lite. Like I don't think Miller Lite's the best beer, but it's a good summer beer. You know, because like oh, yeah, when, when you start I, getting that IPA stuff, I love IPAs too, but those are thick beers. You're not going to, you're not going to really down that many of them. You might have like one or two and then you're kind of no, like, all right. I, I love IPAs. I'm going to say this since we're on like the air. Dogfish right now, I'm head, say you know? this. I, I love IPAs, but the problem with IPAs now is every beer company, it's like, that's all they're producing now. It seems like, like every beer company has like five different variations of an IPA. So when you go into like a. A, any type of beverage store or grocery store or wherever it is that you buy beer or, or wine or whatnot. It's like every beer company has at least five different IPAs and that's like all that's there. And I love IPAs, but I don't want to drink them all the time. But that's because it's, like, it's your big bang for your buck. That's that, you know what I mean? Cause like I like dogfish head IPA 90 or whatever they call it. Oh, it's yeah. 91, I think. And um, that, that's a good beer, but again, you're not going to have and now though. Now it does have like, you like the one twenty percent? No, I don't. They, see, the one hundred twenty is too. I mean, it's okay. It's too sweet because the yeah. alcohol content's boosted. Yeah, yeah, it's too much. Like my favorite high alcohol content beer of all times, which not the United States version, the Canada version was Molson Triple X. Oh, Canada, Canada. Molson Triple X is the shit. Now the one the we thing get is, America, you can you can go to you can go to you can go to Canada. You can go to Canada and get an American. You can go to Canada and get Budweiser, and the alcohol, you know, content is boosted. Which is wild to me. You yeah, know, they don't like, they don't play games up there. They don't play games, man. You know, like like uh, and it's a good. I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that because there's like Moosehead, Molson, you know, Labatt's. Uh, I love all ca- Canadian beers. Yeah, man. Molson I Golden. Mean, I used to drink that like you know down here a lot. But then I remember we went up to Canada um, uh, to go up there to the Hockey Hall of Fame and strip clubs and stuff like that. And uh, we went up there, and I tried like I was like, oh, what is this Molson Triple X? And the guy like, you know, I bought one. I was like, you could buy like a bottle of these at this place. And I was like, oh, that's really right. good. And then we bought like a convey. They sent it like there. They have the they're called beer like I guess maybe like Maryland does or something. But they had like a beer store, right? So you had to go to the store, and there's like yeah, Maryland nothing. has liquor and wine. Well, this was like well, this was like a stores. store. It was like a little shit shack. It looked like a little place right. like like someone's bedroom. I mean, it was very not very big, and then it had bottles of beer on the wall, like literally, like I mean probably hundreds of them on the wall, all different beers. Right. And then you could, you know, of course told you the price and whatever, and you could see the bottle and look at it and whatever you wanted to read the label if you wanted to or whatever. And then you just went to the guy at like the cashier area and you're like, Hey man, let me get a, uh, let me get 24, uh, Molson triple X bottles. He's like, okay. And he gets on his little, little, like a little thing for like a, like a drive through. He's like 24 Molson triple X bottles. And then all of a sudden down a conveyor belt came the case of them. <laughs> and that was it. It was like I was like, this is this is awesome. This is fucking great, you know. That's like just as awesome as like brew throughout in the Outer Banks. Right, right, right. It was great. It was it was really cool. And then we just, and they'll, just they'll they'll throw it in your car too. Yeah, well, we we, <laughs> we had three guys there. We just carried it out, and then we went to our hotel room, and we had we, we had a big cooler. We filled it with all the ice from the hotel room, and then we would drink that, and then go out every night and do different things. And it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Do different things. Yeah. I'll keep it PG. Well, no, I mean, uh, and, and we didn't mean to get off on beer, but you know, since we did. Uh, well, we just want to make sure we get off on alcoholic beer this time. Yes. Give well, no, I was give Bobby a little shit. I was given options out there last time there, Jay. I was given <laughs> options, just letting people know that if they, uh, see, I was, as I was telling you before, I call those my in-between beers. Ugh. Instead of drinking water, I drink one of those non-alcoholic ones in between beers. If it's, if it's, if it, if it's a time where I'm consuming a lot, like at, at a party or, you know, 
keep in mind somewhere where I'm not driving. It's just so many and, empty uh, calories. That's the problem. Yeah, but that's why you do it on the weekend, bro. Oh, no, no. I, I don't. I don't. That's one thing. I don't. I don't really consume any. I don't consume any alcohol during the week. That's that's kind of one rule I have. I, uh, I, uh, if, you know, on the weekend, you know, I may have you know several beers or let loose a little bit. But uh, I mean, I st- I don't drink. Uh, I don't drink really. I don't really drink liquor anymore. Don't need to or want to. You know, but like uh, my 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 wife loves wine, and uh, I mean she's not a big drinker either. She she loves wine, but you know, so I'll drink wine with her. I mean, I love red wine. I'm not a white wine drinker, but I mean, when it comes to beer, I just like to taste the beer if it's good, especially, you know, really good dark heavy beers. Uh, and that that's my thing. Or, um, I'm one thing we did give a shout out to is uh, pretty much Mexico has it down too. Mexican beers are phenomenal. When it comes to like Pacifico or Bohemia, Dos Equis, Dos Equis. Uh, El Modelo, Negro Modelo. Oh, yeah. And I can say that because I'm half Mexican. You said, oh, yeah. <laughs> don't, you, don't you know? <laughs> All right, let's get, off, let's get off this topic, man. Let's move on. Um, it's Friday, man. We had to do a beer topic. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree All with right. that. Um, so yeah. I know you wanted to talk about the, uh, the latest Zuckerberg interview bring that to, yeah. the, to the people yes um mark zuckerberg you know the uh, founder and uh ceo and uh big wig of uh, facebook was on the joe rogan podcast now recently. meta now meta for people that are begging to just move into the metaverse um yeah he was on the joe rogan podcast recently and he uh he dropped some bombs and uh i Definitely got, and by me saying this, I'm definitely not giving Mark Zuckerberg a free pass by any means when it comes to certain things, but I definitely uh, gained a different perspective on the guy, which I thought was, uh, it was a great interview. It was about three hours long. Check it out on the uh, Joe Rogan experience uh, if, if you haven't seen it already, but. Yeah, usually found underneath Paramax Unscripted. Right. Well, you know, we're, we're bigger than Joe Rogan, so it's okay, but uh, anyway. Uh, Especially in non-alcoholic beer sp- talks. <laughs> That's right. Joe Rogan kick you off the show. Non-alcoholic just, beer. And, so I'm still drinking Odo Duels, right? <laughs> like, non-alcoholic beer and, and and paramedics unscripted flavored vape juice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but uh, I like this one. It's pineapple. It's pineapple menthol. That was a cool back end. <laughs> No, but anyway, uh, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, He's and he uh, back end. <laughs> and uh, whoa, I dug that. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, he dropped some bombs because he basically uh, one of the things that Joe they they started talking about was the uh, the situation that happened prior to the twenty twenty election which was when uh, the uh, Hunter Biden laptop became into, you know, came into a major, it was a major topic at the time, you know, especially right at the, right before the elections, 2020. And uh, as a lot of people know, the New York Post was the first, which is one of the oldest newspapers in the country, was the first really to come out exposing that um, there was a, you know, Hunter Biden left one of his laptops at a uh, repair shop in Delaware near to where he lives. And he failed to pick it back up. And, um, of course, as the the uh, repair shop owner, like any computer repair shop, if so much time goes by, you know, and you don't pick up your, you know, your, your, your computer, that becomes property of the shop. And they can do whatever they want with it. And um, to make a long story short, when he found out what was on the laptop and he felt very uncomfortable and uh, he ended up turning it over to the FBI. Like a year before the elections. And uh, uh, when the New York Post got wind of it, they put out, you know, when they got wind of it and they found out what was on it, they posted an article exposing a lot of what was on it and, and exposing Hunter Biden for 
you know, whether it was like certain aspects of corruption or drug use or porn, they put it out in their article. And uh, basically the mainstream media and when I say also, when I say mainstream media, I'm also talking about major social media such as Facebook, such as Twitter, Instagram, whatever, try to censor it. The only social media site that was not going to censor it was, uh, if anybody remembers out there, Parler. And Parler was basically ostracized from the social media community where they were just basically booted off of, they were basically destroyed because they were the only platform that was actually going to show what was on this laptop and support what the New York Post had put out. To make a, you know, to fast forward to present day, Mark Zuckerberg was on the Joe Rogan experience, and he basically, and when Joe Rogan asked him, you know, th- th- what the scoop was with that, he basically said that prior to the New York Post article, which was keep in mind, was the first media platform that exposed all this prior to that coming out. The FBI approached Zuckerberg and Facebook saying that, hey, there's possibly going to be some Russian you know, propaganda put out there about Hunter Biden and certain situations with Hunter Biden. Keep in mind and, you know, that it's 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 Russian propaganda and it's bullshit. Okay, that's what Mark Zuckerberg said. So that was a bomb being dropped because the FBI was already given the laptop by the Delaware repair shop owner when they gave that information to Facebook. But the FBI gave that information to Facebook, knowing that they have the laptop in their possession and they know what's on it is legit. But they told Facebook and Zuckerberg that it was possible Russian propaganda that was going to come out. So basically they were in support of covering it up prior to the election. Oh, of course. Major bomb. Yeah, because you have a candidate that's going to affect. For, you know, for all the people out there that are like, no, that's not true. That is true. You can't even dispute that anymore. So, and we still don't know what's what's on that as a public. We still don't know what's on that. Like, actually, know we don't know everything that's on it. But right, I've right. We have a lot. I've seen a lot of what's on it. Yeah, we know? have and, just uh, of some of it. That's what I'm saying. It, it will blow your mind. Yeah. And uh, but the ridiculousness of say, you know, and, and like I said, I'm not, I, I'm not on, I'm not on either political side whether it's republican or democrat i'm more middle of the road uh i don't you know i consider myself kind of a political atheist to where i uh i see good on both sides but you're gonna raid donald trump's house mar-a-lago in florida because of possible classified information that he took when he exited the white house, which of course he was the president at the time, anything that was classified, he has the power to declassify as quote unquote due to national security, but you're not going to do a damn thing about Hunter Biden and the, the, the compromised Biden family. That just seems asinine to me. And that's complete common sense that if anybody doesn't see that they need to either clean their glasses off or, find a new set of eyes because it's as clear as day. I mean, it's, there's. Yeah. It's like, they're like, two two sets of rules. Yeah. They're like, we want to look into Trump and it's like, okay, cool. That's fine. Let's look into Biden too. Wow. That's ridiculous. That's a ludicrous, you know, and it's like, no, well, let me, let me, well, as far as the FBI goes, when I talk about the FBI, I don't, I am not, when I, when I'm speaking of the FBI negatively, I am not talking about the 90% of the FBI that are good agents out there that are, trying to make a difference. I'm talking about the top tier, top echelon that are basically politicians that have corrupted that bureau. And it's up in your face now. There's no denying it. You know, so I think there's there's like 90% of the agents that are in that bureau are great people trapped in a temporary bad system. And uh, that's that's the way I see it. That's my opinion. But also, this is also fact now. 
you know, there's no disputing it. And uh, for us to just push that to the side, we just can't do that, you know, because that Mark Zuckerberg said right there in his interview with Joe Rogan that he was given prior knowledge by the Bureau to disregard this Russian propaganda that was going to be coming out against Hunter Biden dealing with his laptop when they had that laptop in their possession. So that's and which they've proven right that. Yeah. That's evidence right there that they were trying to cover it up. Well, and they've also tried to, there was no Russian collusion. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, um, so, so enjoy your, uh, your, uh, so, so don't come with me. Don't come at me and tell me, you know, Oh, that, that election wasn't rigged. And you know, come on. Yeah. And for anybody who is questioning what we're saying right now, you can go on, uh, YouTube or you can go on, uh, not YouTube. Because uh, I'm not gonna say it. you can go on uh, a Spotify and you can watch the Joe Rogan Joe Rogan experience and you can watch the episode with him and Mark Zuckerberg. It's about three hours long, or you can watch highlights on YouTube about it of what we just spoke of. And he says it right there, right in front of Joe. If it's not true, why would he say something like that? Yeah, and you can form your own opinions too, like we always say too. We're just these are our opinions on the, on some of the stuff here, and you know it's just. It's very interesting with all the current climate of stuff going on that, you know, that that came out, that interview came out, you know? Well, yeah, and I, I think that's why, and like I said, I'm not giving, you know, because I, I guarantee you right now that if I were to take that episode off of the Joe Rogan experience and repost it onto Facebook, Facebook would probably come on and discredit it for disinformation. It's like, this is your freaking boss saying it right here. Why is it disinformation? I guarantee you. But that'll prove right there that whoever their fact checkers are are just a bunch of bullshit bots. That's all it is. That's all bots. You know, and algorithms. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, uh, and, you know, it's, 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 I guarantee you, I, I can post that on there and they'll try to discredit it as disinformation when it's their own founder saying it. Well, sure. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, that's all I have to say on that because it, it, that speaks for itself. I mean, like I said, people can go and check out the Joe Rogan experience and, and watch the whole interview for themselves. Sure. All right. Yeah. So let's get into our next topic. I wanted to talk about this. I know this is, uh, something we were both talking about pre-show the student loan debt forgiveness, Bobby, go on. No, you're really going to piss me off. Yeah. Right. It's Friday. You need those beers. Man. I need to crack another beer for this one. <laughs> The student loan $300 billion payout for $10,000 for if you're making under $120,000 a year. Is it $140,000? I can't remember. I think it's $120,000. I think it's $120,000. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, what people need to – I know there's a, I've seen a lot of flack, especially on social media, where a lot of kids are out there. This is a good thing. It's, it's, people are just – they're just jealous, you know? It's like – you know, we need to be able to, you know, we're, we're already strapped down with that debt enough. It's like, well, yeah, so were the people before you, but they still managed to pay it off. Yeah, I paid off my work. student debt, you fucks. Right. It, but this, this kind of goes into what we've talked about before, where I mean, there's this sense of entitlement. But um, what these kids need to understand is that just because they're not paying, just because they're getting a, a, a relief now doesn't mean that they're not paying for it. Because they're paying for it on the back end in taxes. Because who who do they think's paying for this? Us, the American people. We're paying it. We, we're paying it for them. You know, and generations ahead are paying it for them. Well, it's the same thing with the. You know, we've talked about that before, but with the stupid Obamacare shit that went down, like, and I'm not getting into the whole thing in this episode about how. Yes, I do believe everybody needs health care and stuff like that. But the way they did all that, it fucked everything else up. Because now we have to pay more and all the stuff for our health care so that, you know, people that don't go and get a job, like, you know, it's just dumb. And same thing with this. I paid off my student debt. Am I going to get a check for 10 grand from the government because I did the right thing? No. They're just going to give it to keep just more shit for freeloader people. And it's and the, and the funniest thing of these, these morons that think this is a good idea is, you know, that what I read was, for instance, if you have like $12,000 in debt of student loan debt right now, right? They're gonna pay off ten thousand of it, right? Okay, easy, easy thing, right? right? So 10, now you now you now you know now you only owe two grand. No, if you if they pay off less than what you actually owe, then you're gonna be taxed on that ten thousand dollars as income, 
which could be as much as like $3,500 if you're in a 35% bracket, or, you know, if you're in a 25% bracket, it'd be $2,500, I mean, right. people need to understand that. And conveniently, this comes on the back of the last episode, the 87,000 IRS agents. So where do you think this money's really going to come from? It's going to come from the taxes. They're going to do this. Also, you idiots, the people that are the idiots that think this is a good idea, right? Now, I'm not denying that student, like, colleges are way too expensive. They're, it's bullshit how out of hand everything's gotten, you know, they, but they have to charge that much to pay these football coaches, and we could go down this road very far, right? I'm not denying that it's overcharged. But here's what's going to happen. You're, you're, whatever, you graduated college now, you're 24, let's say, right? You just graduated college, you're 24 years old, you got some student debt, you're very excited because you're going to get 10 grand reduced off your debt and maybe have it taxed as income depending on your situation. Okay, yeah. cool. You're pretty excited about it. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Now, fast forward, you're 26 years old. No, not 26. You're, what, is it, what would it be, like 30-something years old. You have kids. You have your own kids now. Do you think the colleges aren't going to adjust their college rates and make them even higher to re- get, recoup this money they're losing? I mean, this, that's what I'm saying. Like, people don't understand this. The colleges are not going to be glad like... glad you brought that yeah, up. Yeah, colleges aren't going to be exactly like, oh, what I was yeah, they're not going to just, let, like, let it go and be like, oh, we lost millions of dollars or billions, whatever it is. You know, I don't know what the number is, but we're going to lose this much money because the government did all this stuff. Oh, cool. They're not going to be like, oh, cool, and just let it go. That's not how this works. That's not how any business works. You know, it's just like any other business. Shit happens. They, it goes, they, they pass it off to the consumer. You know, well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the same when... Uh, when the government started guaranteeing student loans, which is when it, you know, became such to where the student loans were the only loans that you couldn't file for bankruptcy on. Yeah, yeah, you file for um, bankruptcy, they'll right. they'll wipe everything else out for you, no problem. But student but loans, not go student fun, loans, yeah. because the go- the government's guaranteeing those. And if you notice, one of the first things that happened after the government took that over and started guaranteeing those student loans, the first thing that happened were these colleges and universities. We're jacking up sure. their tuition rates. Yeah, it's guaranteed jacking money. Jacking them up. Yeah, it's guaranteed money. So what do, you th- what do you think, like you just touched on, what do you think is going to happen now? Aside from the, the, the taxpayers fitting the bill, what do you think is going to happen now as far as what the colleges are going to start you know, doing to the tuition rates? They're going to jack them up again. Yeah. Because they can. Yeah. You know, if, if, if Biden really wanted to do or structure this a certain way to where, you know, he, he wanted to do something similar to what he's done, but do it in a better way, you get some of these universities. We'll take, we'll take Harvard as, as an example. And maybe that's an extreme example, but I'm going to use it because, like, their endowment is, like, in the billions. So, from what I've heard. Yeah, so uh, it's ridiculous. So, why, why doesn't he structure it in a way to where – he gives them no choice to these universities are going to have to suck it up to a certain extent and just, and just, ex, you know, just extinguish some of these loans that would make more sense to me. But then you would also still have the same problem to where they're still going to raise the, the tuition rates, you know, forward on. So, but it, it's just, it, it's like I've always said before, and I've said it before on this podcast, You know, it doesn't matter. There is no free lunch. It doesn't matter how much relief you think you're getting. Someone still has to pay for it. And that means you and everybody else is going to have to pay for it. Well, well, that's what I was bringing up. Like, I mean, imagine you're getting a $10,000 credit. You're very excited about it, but now you owe $3,500 you don't have. You see what I'm saying? You're just robbing Peter to pay Paul. It's it. It's all bullshit, and that's why I don't understand right. it. And then the people, the idiots, like I said, that don't think about that kind of stuff, they're like, oh, this is awesome, but they don't realize you're going to get ass-fucked on the other side of it when you put your kids in college, you know? Like, when they have to go to college, these rates are going to be, they're already through the roof as it is, they're going to be even higher. I mean, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous where most kids can't go to college without taking out loans. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, even it's getting to the point where even parents – even with, you know, setting, you know, setting aside a, a college fund, a lot of parents nowadays can't even pay for college yep. because it's so expensive. Well, that's especially why, if, that's it, why especially if it's out of state tuition. Yeah. That's why there's a lot of big things now with like online schools now and all this different stuff like that, because, because those right. are cheaper and, and it's, you could argue whether that's optimal learning or not, you know what I mean? But 
But like that's that's what it's coming to because a lot of people can't afford the room and the board and the books and all this other stuff, you know. But that that's another sore subject for me too, is because uh, when it comes to uh, a lot of colleges and universities, when it comes to books, they're still charging the same amount for books or more. Yet a lot of these books are now being downloaded. You're not buying something physical anymore. Well, I will say I I I went to WVU, but then I ended up uh, you know doing a lot of partying and stuff like that, and then later on went back in my life. And finished my degree at Liberty Online and uh, Liberty University Online. And I will say, <laughs> no. And I will say okay. that, uh, that one of the things they did there, because that's like a nonprofit school, um, which is pretty cool. But what they did was you could, which was, they, def- they definitely did not do when I went to, you know, regular university. You could get the books online. as of course, like ebooks, you know, which they didn't have when I went to college originally. Um, and and that's, not, that's not a big deal. But you could rent them. Instead of buying them, you could buy them, of course. You could just buy whatever book. But you could also rent it for a heck of a lot cheaper. Be, and, but you'd only have it for, let's say, I don't know, a semester. So whatever semester is, six months, three months, whatever it is. They would, right. that, that's how long they would give you it. So you'd have it, it, it basically went to about two weeks after your class was over. And then all of a sudden it would just disappear from whatever device you had it on. And so that way was kind of cool because that was a big way to cut costs, you know. Because sometimes you'll get, like, I had a lot of, I used a lot of grants and stuff to, you know, get money to pay for my college, stuff like that when I was older. And, um, but it didn't cover everything, you know, it covered a lot of it, but it didn't cover everything. So then I would have to pay for the books and stuff. So I'm like, well, I don't, I don't need to buy, I don't want to buy all these books at, you know, because anything labeled, it's just like EMS and fire gear, something, a jacket, but then it's a jacket labeled for EMS is like five times more expensive. Same thing with a book. It's a book. It's 30 bucks. Oh, it's a college textbook. Oh, it's 500. You know what I mean? Like, like that, that's how they, they do that same stuff. But when you rent it, it wasn't quite as bad, especially the ebook price. Well, or if you would buy, even if you would buy used books from like the college bookstore, yeah, you would buy used books. And then if you would sell them back they at the end nothing. of the semester, they would basically give you nothing, but then they would resell those used books for top dollar. Oh yeah. 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 It was always a racket. That was a big thing when I, when I went to college, like, you know, uh, You'd go buy your books, whether they used or new, whatever you bought, you, you bought what you could get. You try to get used if you could, obviously to save money. But then you, at the end of the year, there was a, a rush to the bookstore. As soon right. as, like as soon as you took, like you might during exam week, you might have a like Monday through Friday exams. Well, Monday you take your last site social exam or something, right? There's a rush to that bookstore to get that social book back to them because they only need so many. They, you know, they're going to buy new ones too. And then they, cause some of them are, are in shitty condition and stuff like that, but they'll look through it and be like, Oh yeah, I'll take this book from you. You know what I mean? And then they give you a high price if you went on Monday, but if you try to go on Friday, it might be like, you know, half off what they were going to give you before, you know, cause those are the ones I kept, you know? <laughs> and then yeah. there's a the whole racket of college. You know, I don't want to get into all that thing, but whole racket of college books where it's like, um, guys, this semester we're going to have, uh, this book it's called social one one, uh, fifth edition. You know, and they make you buy that one because I remember I remember I, I dropped out of college um, and then I went back a couple of years later. This is before I finished at Liberty, went back to WU a couple of years later and I went back and I I was a social major. So I met and went back got into a social class. I was supposed to go in and everything like that. And I went up and talked to the professor and he was a professor I had a couple of years prior when I was still in college before. Right. And. I went up to him and I was like, hey, 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 professor so-and-so. And he's like, hey, how are you doing? And then I was like, I don't know if you remember me, but like, but he's like, yeah, I remember you. And uh, I was like, hey, look, I got, uh, I got, Soch, uh, I got the book Soch 101, um, third edition. Um, do I really need to go out and buy Soch 101, fifth edition? Is it really that much? Uh, like, has Soch really evolved so much in two years that like this is so much dr- drastically different? He's Can like, I just take good he, notes? He goes, he goes, no. He's like, he goes, man, from third to fifth, they, they change the cover each year. And, uh, and there's a couple little blurbs. He's like, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He's like, I will, uh, during class, to, so I don't single you out, because that was like a lecture hall class where it's like maybe 200 kids, 100 kids, 150 kids, something like that. He's like, to not single you out in class and just to kind of help everybody out because there's some other people in your same situation. He's like, I'll just tell everybody like, hey, chapter, read chapter one, pages uh, 30 to 40. If you have a third edition, it's uh, 20 to 27. You know what I mean? Like, just like he'd give yeah. you the different page numbers because he, he knew that people did that. And I thought that was really cool of him because he, he was like, yeah, a lot of them. There's sometimes it's you, you definitely need to get the upgrade because they've changed a theory or whatever, right? Or there's some new discovery and depending on what kind of class you're in or something like that. But most of it right. is just change his cover so they can resell a whole bunch of books to these colleges again. Big racket, you know? But yeah. anyway. Um, anything else you want to get into this week before we wrap it up? 
I think that that about does it for a Friday, brother. Yeah, man, I think so as well. Hey, I did want to give a, a quick uh, shout out again to Darren. Thank you again for that email. And thank then, you, Darren. Uh, yeah, thanks again. And then also a quick happy birthday to my daughter Mackenzie. She turns fourteen tomorrow. So happy birthday, Kenzie. Uh, yeah, happy birthday, Kens. And um, without further ado, then, man, we're gonna get out of here, and we'll see you next week on Paramedics Unscripted. Unscripted.